0: Hi there, and welcome to episode 38 of the T21 Mom podcast, another quarantine edition of T21 Mom. My name is Mary, and I'll be your host. Each episode, we'll talk about life, Down syndrome, mamahood, single parenting, and pretty much everything in between. I have a daughter named Ainsley, and she's seven years old and rocking an extra chromosome, also known as Down syndrome. And I'm living life my way. And of course, my friend and co-host, Ron, is also joining me. Hey, Mary. Hey, Ron. How's it going?
1: I'm good. I just had this thing go bing on me and I don't know what it was. Give me a second. Oh, never mind. Sorry. Apologies. Uh, (laughs) The dangers of the multifunctional computer world. (laughs) Yes. Uh, How are you and Ainsley doing?
0: We're doing okay. You know.
1: Okay. We're did you get a lot of good feedback on last week's show? With Dennis? With Dennis, yeah.
0: Yes, I did actually. I think people enjoyed uh hearing from him and meeting him and I think they appreciated his pictures on Facebook, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hopefully we'll be able to talk to him again.
0: <laughs> yes, I'll I'll just bribe him with some chocolate chip cookies.
1: Ooh, speaking of cookies, it's that time of year where you're fundraising, right?
0: Yes. Cause so this year, because of the circumstances across the globe, the run up for Down syndrome has been cancelled, and now it's a virtual run called Run Apart for Down syndrome. So I am baking and fundraising for that. And I just
1: so if people need contact information, they should go to the T Twenty One Mom Facebook page. Yeah. If anyone's so interested an in
0: cookies, or if if they just feel you know inclined to make a donation, they can contact me there.
1: They are the best cookies in the world. <laughs> I just got a big my order. Opinion.
0: Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Just before we went on, I got a, a big order from a coworker, so which is awesome.
1: Excellent. <laughs> yeah. So what are we doing on today's show?
0: Well, today we're going to talk to my friend Lisa, who she was actually one of the first mums I ever met at the Rock and Mum retreat. And uh, and I met her at the second retreat. Again, we flew in at the same time. And she, she shows up a few times on the retreat episode. And shortly after she got home from the retreat, her daughter, Sarah was diagnosed with leukemia and oh. yeah, so pretty serious and they live up in Alaska. And so the challenge is a lot of that of like, of, and we'll talk Another about Another remote it.
1: healthcare situation.
0: Well, somewhat, they just didn't feel comfortable in treating the type of leukemia that Sarah has. And so they ended up, you know, having to turn their whole life upside down and head down to Portland, Oregon.
1: Okay. Well, uh, let's go talk to Lisa and hear the story.
0: Okay. Hi there, and welcome to the T21 Mom Podcast. On today's episode, we have another rockin' mom. Today, Lisa joins me, and she was on the retreat episode. So if you wanna hear from Lisa, you can go back to that episode. But uh, today, uh, Lisa is here with us. Welcome, Lisa. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. So can you tell us a little bit about you? Yeah,
2: I am uh, from Alaska, born and raised, and, um I guess <laughs> married to a wonderful man we just celebrated our anniversary. Wonderful and we have three kids, uh two boys, They're twelve and ten, and then mm-hmm. our daughter, Sarah. Uh rocking an extra chromosome. She's four.
0: She's four. So right now you're you're from Alaska, but you're down in Portland, Oregon, right? Yes, Portland. So do you want to tell us tell our listeners why you're down in Portland
2: yeah we are in Portland because Sarah is getting treatment for leukemia Mm -hmm. um they brought us they had us come down here um we've been here since October
0: that's a long haul because we're in May now
2: yeah so it's been I think seven months gosh
0: so So October, yeah. So that it really wasn't long after the retreat that you found out Sarah Uh had cancer. So how was it discovered?
2: Um, Well, they did a a blood draw. I just knew something was off, and Mm -hmm. we took her to the doctor, and um, that's when she did a blood draw, and she saw that Sarah's white bloods, I think, were three times over what they should be, and then her hemoglobin— was 3.5 which normally they do a blood transfusion when your hemoglobin is at 7. It was very very low. She was pale and not feeling well but um, yeah that's how we found out with the the, doing a CBC a complete blood count.
0: So you found that out while you were in Alaska so Mm -hmm. because you said she wasn't feeling well you know sometimes for our kids it's a bit challenging because they can't always verbalize that they're not feeling good. So, were there well, any kind of signs, or like you said, you took her to the doctor because she just—I mean, I guess she wasn't like herself. But could you maybe share what yes. what the difference was?
2: Yeah. Well, she was since about mid-August. She started feeling just seemingly lethargic. So, like you were saying, you work with Dainsley of going up the stairs and stuff. We've been working on that all summer. We don't have stairs in our house; we just do outside. Mm-hmm. um But I noticed in like August, she stopped wanting to go up the stairs independently or at all she just stood there and fussed and wanted me to pick her up or her brothers to pick her up Mm um that's pretty much when I started to notice I thought it's maybe just the end of summer like in Alaska probably is there for you guys too summer's so short and Mm -hmm. the days are long we have like almost 20 hours of daylight for a while and we go 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 we just didn't do all of the things because it's you know you can embrace it whether you have it right and so even for me you know first part of August mid-August I'm just tired from being busy all summer and having so much fun and I just assumed she was tired from going to the park every day and doing all the therapies and and then school starting and so I just kind of chalked it up to um being tired from school and and changing. And then, um, and then actually, I was at the retreat. I was sitting the first day. I was by the pool mm-hmm. chatting with Kelsey, and I got a phone call from her school saying, I think she had, I'm trying to remember exactly, she had a, a fever, and I can't remember if she threw up or not. I think she just had a fever and was so lethargic. They said she was like falling asleep in class. Aww. And so, Aww. yeah, I had to call my husband to go pick her up. And then he didn't even know the doctor's number or name or anything. So I had to give him the doctor's <laughs> name. I was sitting there trying to like relax and I'm rushing, you know, calling this person, texting this person. And um, anyway, he took her in and they, she had an ear infection. So they gave her antibiotics. And when I got back from the retreat, um, she still was tired, not feeling well. this was early September. And she just really never got better. She And we thought, well, Maybe that your infection didn't go away. So I took her back to the doctor. It was back and forth for a while. Um, and she just seemed more tired.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: she didn't really have the fevers, which is a sign of, of, of cancer. The fevers and pain. Um, but like you said, since they can't verbalize mm-hmm. what's going on, it, it's, you just got to read them. Um, thankfully, her doctor, like I said, did the blood. Um, yeah. The blood draw and blood count and that's where they found that that's really off. Um, and then they if I'm going into too much detail Th- that's to, okay. I mean
0: <laughs> No, you're telling your story. And, <laughs> and, then <yeah>. they just, <laughs> and we sorry. had to
2: rush over to the children's hospital and um, that's where they um, they admitted us, gave us some red blood, get her hemoglobin back up, and mm. then they the next day they did a bone marrow biopsy. They had to send it to Seattle, so it went
0: on the very next um, flight.
2: So the commercial you guys airline flight.
0: So they find out. Like, how long was the turnaround? So you get the blood draw, the CBC, and yeah, that was on Monday. And then, you, and then, what do you get the results back the next day or so?
2: This from the CBC. Yeah, it was just like, like less than thirty minutes.
0: Oh, I didn't know it was that yeah, fast. Oh wow!
2: Yeah, she said. This, she said, "Just wait here." And my, she had an empty room. She said, like, "Come wait in this empty room while we look at this." Because I think she really knew that something was wrong. This is what she was looking at.
0: Yeah, she yeah. We was
2: looking at leukemia. Um, I, I think her. I think Sarah's uh, doctor interned um, for on the oncology.
0: Oh, okay. Um, for, uh, oh, so, so she that. Kind of knew what to look for. So. You're okay, so suddenly you find out, like immediately, pretty much that she has cancer, and right. so then you were sent to Children's in Alaska. Is that correct? But
2: yeah, yeah. it was like a mile away. Yeah.
0: So then, what happens? Because like, when were you sent down to? Like, I'm assuming Alaska. Were they not equipped to to treat Sarah? Is that why they sent you guys down to Portland, or and why there? Pretty much,
2: yeah. Yeah, so we went to the Children's Hospital, uh, they admitted us and did the bone marrow the next day on Tuesday, mm-hmm. uh, and they sent us to Seattle, and they, because uh, they have the lab there, and then Seattle looked at it, and it took them a while, but we thought by Wednesday morning we'd have results, and still it was like 2 or 3 o'clock on Wednesday, and we still hadn't heard anything, um, but that's when they for sure gave us the diagnosis of leukemia, and were you in a, expected to be?
0: Were you in Alaska still, or had you been flown yeah. down? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, but that's when they decided that the, what Sarah has is AML, and it's uncommon for her for kids with Down syndrome at that age to oh. be diagnosed with it, and so that's why they said we need to send you somewhere else because our doctors are not comfortable. It's too. It's basically too complex and yeah unusual. We need to send you somewhere else so then they sent us here to Portland and they told us Wednesday night you're leaving
0: so, seven AM on
2: Thursday or whatever.
0: So all of a sudden, like in, yeah. within a couple of days, your whole life is turned upside down. So you said she yep. has AML and it's not common mm-hmm. is it in is it not common in younger kids with Down syndrome?
2: So it's the most common for kids with Down syndrome between the ages of one and four. Oh, between and eight. she had just turned four, like the week before. <laughs>
1: oh, okay.
2: Yeah, so they and the most common one is called A L L. I don't I don't know what it stands for, but um, that one is most is pretty common also. But that's for like between ages two to six, I think we said.
0: Oh, okay.
2: That's what we um, were expecting to see with her.
0: So. Right, so you get essentially life lighted down to was it to. So, not Seattle though, you're in Portland, right? That's correct. So, how yeah, and is right. that because it's the closest hospital to Alaska? Like, I don't know. How do they decide where to send no, you?
2: They decided here because the the doctors here responded to the doctor, the oncologist no in Alaska faster than the one in Seattle.
0: Oh, I see. Okay. Which
2: I'm honestly, yes. before. I'm not a fan of Seattle children, honestly. You so. can take that out if you don't want <laughs> Well, we can. Uh, yeah, I've had right. too many friends that have bad experiences there. And, um, and then and now with all the COVID stuff, they've had it worse. So I'm yes. glad we're here. And my sister, my sister used to live here in Portland, so I'm much more comfortable coming to Portland because I've visited so many times when she lived here.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I'm happy here. so you you have to fly down to Portland, and so is mm-hmm. it just just you and Sarah flew down, and you left your husband yes, and your two yes. boys, right? But, yeah. So okay, wow, that's just crazy, and. Yeah. Now, are there other cancers that appear to be more prevalent in our kiddos or is it just those two that you were talking about?
2: I think it's just, well, those are two different types of leukemia yeah. and I'm, and from what I've heard when I came to the Downstream Clinic here before, um, is that leukemia is the most common and they, they seem to not get other types of cancers, they're so yeah. like there's less chance of them getting other kinds. So
0: Yes, that's what yeah. I've heard too. So, and they don't, obviously they don't know why our kids are, I don't, I don't know, more prone to these cancers as compared to the typical population, Uh do they, they, they don't know, do they?
2: No, I don't think they know.
0: And they don't really know why our kiddos, like you said, don't tend to get the other cancers as, as often as the typical population, which is kind of, it's very interesting, I think. So it's obviously something to do with that extra chromosome. So mm-hmm. now I know, like Ainsley, like she and like all of our kiddos, they have to get a CBC every six months, and I think that's for life. Do you Do you know?
2: I don't. I think so. Um, Sarah's um endocrinologist. We would do every six months, and then I think she said if it like if everything's normal for long enough, they do it like every nine months. Because I think we're about to almost every nine months.
0: Okay. Okay. But yeah, I think. I don't it, know if that's. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think I'm pretty sure it's every six months that we go. It's just because we go to the pediatrician twice a year. So and that's when they seem to do all the blood work. So, so yeah. I know, like your whole life is just suddenly turned completely upside down. You know, yeah. your daughter's been diagnosed with cancer, and you have to seek treatment out of state. You have two other kids, like, what were you feeling? Yeah. then? Like, what were your thoughts? I can't even imagine like what this is like because you can't even your family you can't even be together you've got to go to a oh, yeah. completely different state and you know and you're dealing with this diagnosis it's got to be pretty overwhelming yeah yeah
2: it was it was for the first week or i don't know i guess the first month was, was pretty difficult mm-hmm. um yeah just to grasp what was going on um yeah i flew down here with sarah we got here on a, a Friday, no Thursday and then Friday they put in her central line and that day they started chemo.
0: That day. So, wow. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I was wondering. Much got
2: back the room and then right away hooked her up. I want to say it was like by 4pm, you know surgery at 9am and back to her room and started
0: chemo. So immediately oh okay mm-hmm. that's yeah. yeah that's crazy I can't even imagine. So yeah, because that was my next question. Like, once you arrive, like, what happened? But obviously, she started her treatment right away. So uh-huh. can you share a bit about what happened when Sarah first started her treatment? Like, how did she react? And and like, I don't know, could she understand? I mean, I guess she could feel that she was sick. But I don't know. how. What do you tell her? You guys are flying on a plane without the rest of the family and... Yeah, she
2: slept the whole flight. She's a good little flyer. <laughs> we've, we've traveled with her quite a bit and she normally just sleeps. So yeah, she slept the whole flight. Um no, I don't think she was concerned or worried. I think she understood that you know, they're finally I'm getting taken care of. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um Um I think at first she was she did not like all the nurses coming in the room. Every time someone would come in the room she'd get bad or bust mm-hmm. or yeah, push them away. Um, she's used to it now a little bit better, but um, I don't, I don't, I guess I just told her. I remember holding her and just telling her, you know, if she was crying, it's okay to cry.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: One or two you nights, know, She just scream. And, um, and I tell her, it's okay just to scream. I mean, I try to, you know, if she's, I feel like she's uncomfortable, I'll make sure she gets pain medicine or whatever. But
0: yeah. Um, well, yeah, that's I try hard. How do you let her know? Like, how do you do know for it? the pain? medication because our kids have such a high tolerance for pain right so that's got to be really tricky to manage because you want them to feel okay but you don't want them to be in pain because I I would think for the typical population they would have it would be a higher dose I don't know if that's the correct term but you know what I mean like our kids like they just don't feel pain like we do so how does that how do they manage that it's got to be tricky
2: um, I can just tell if she's not feeling herself, if she's not eating or more fussy than normal, then I just, I, I kind of assume she's in pain. Okay. It is hard though. Cause you just got to trust yourself that you're understanding what she's saying with her body language or her facial expressions. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. And then of course, you know, I second guess, guess myself on everything and
0: I don't know. So do you, you know, kind did
2: of... I make the right decision?
0: So do you kind of manage the pain medication or do the nurses... Or do you just tell... Or do you tell the nurses or how does that work? Yeah,
2: I just tell the nurses that she needs something.
0: And then they um, they do it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah. That's challenging. So I know she's still in her treatment and what uh-huh. is... Like... An, I've read, and, you know, I don't really know much about um, the cancers in our kiddos, because fortunately Ainsley's is actually quite healthy, but what is typically, uh-huh. like, I know the recovery rate is very high, so what typically, do you know what it is, that recovery rate?
2: I don't remember. I have a, a friend here, thankfully, who's been amazing. Her, her son went through, um, he didn't, uh, had an extra chromosome and had the same kind of cancer, AML, two years ago. And she is very knowledgeable. She's really, really smart.
0: Oh awesome. <laughs> and
2: what she said I'm trying to remember she said the success rate um, survival rate was really high for kids with Down syndrome. They mm-hmm. seemed to respond much better yeah. and do better. But I can't remember what the exact number was
0: but that's what I've heard too mm-hmm. is that it's it's much higher than, than the typical population, which is yeah. awesome news for um, you guys and for Sarah. And You know, so for Sarah's type of leukemia, and and just from, you know, my own personal experience with friends having, not leukemia, but cancer, the treatment seems to be very individual. Is that the same for for leukemia? Yeah. Yeah. So what is her treatment?
2: So her treatment plan started out with, um, well, we weren't sure when we first got down here because, like I said, they normally don't see AML in kids over the age of four,
0: um and did you when did you find out it was aml was it when you were still in alaska or was it when you got down yeah. to okay
2: yeah we were in alaska because that's why they decided to send us down here because if it was ALL, like they assumed it was they could have kept us in alaska to do the
0: ah uh, oh i see okay they would have had a
2: protocol they were comfortable treating treating her with but with it being aml and then not being the normal age range age,
0: yeah
2: yeah <laughs> age range they um that's why they sent us down, but it's, they did, they just, they kind of, I don't remember, they just kind of, like, threw chemo at her, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure the doctors decided what they should give her, but then after the first round, um, she went into remission, and then they just decided to switch to a plan that was designed more for kids with Down Syndrome.
0: Okay, okay.
2: So, they do kind of have protocols, you know,
0: the kid is this
2: age range, or and have problems, have Down syndrome or not, then they have a protocol.
0: Protocol for that, um,
2: right, for that child. Um, they they might change it a little bit, add something, take something away. Um, so yeah, that's what we started with Sarah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did four rounds on on that treatment plan. Um,
0: and how and how long? And so how long would a round be Approx. Or I guess it varies depending on the treatment? Yeah, it depends on the person.
2: Um, there was another kid with Down syndrome um, on our floor who he had just turned one when we got here. Or right after we got here. But he had AML also. And um, every round was about six weeks for them. And they okay. had six rounds. So it would be like four it would, They would spend about four weeks in the hospital. And they get to be out of the hospital for about two weeks.
0: Okay, and then come back and then do another round. So is that kind of what Uh Sarah's first uh, set of treatment was? Like four four weeks on. Yeah, we were about four four
2: weeks there, about two weeks off. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. But I guess you can't really go out too much. I guess during treatment because your immune they're really suppressing your immune system, aren't they? To to fight it. Correct. Yeah.
2: Right. Her. Her neutrophil, which is your immune system, that's yeah. a part of your blood that that fights uh, that infection, was literally zero for wow. a few weeks.
0: Oh wow! And right now it is zero, and
2: it's been zero for a few weeks.
0: And so, is that where they want it to be? I guess during treatment.
2: I mean, that's not the main goal, but that's what they expect to see. Yeah.
0: Oh, I see. Okay, okay, I understand. So she's in her treatment you guys have been there since October and then Mm -hmm. we're now in May and we're in the middle of a pandemic and yeah like crazy times so how has this impacted you and Sarah or has it because you guys kind of can't really be out and about anyways but I'm just like it's just craziness everywhere so I can only imagine it, it for you
2: yeah well let's um Well, first it started with we were at the Ronald McDonald House, and they started, Mm -hmm. you know, we're closing the kitchen. You can't come into the kitchen. Um, We'll just bring food to your rooms instead of providing food down there, and which is hard because I appreciate the Ronald McDonald House. Don't get me wrong, but all we have is a small refrigerator and a microwave. So, you know, cooking is not an option for us. Um, And then, closing they closed the common areas, and then um when we went to the hospital there was only one parent at a time yeah in the room so. we had to switch on and off in the lobby which was hard because you know i don't want to leave her yeah. for five or ten minutes we'll switch off
0: mm-hmm. So try
2: to find a nurse who has a minute to come sit with her or a cna to come sit with her um and then you know just not being able to i mean this is kind of how we were living anyway of not going out to eat a lot um not really not going anywhere doing much anyway and not having lots of visitors which we don't here in portland anyway because we're not from here it's so fine. yeah <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of people i mean there's a few other um moms here that that i know from dsdn awesome. um <clears throat> that i've seen and, and hung out with but it's not you know kind of
0: it's not the same nothing of this yeah
2: anyway.
0: <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm glad there's been a few and moms that have been able to see you. So, yeah. so is your husband down there with you? Like I've seen pictures yeah. on Facebook where, um, your mm-hmm. boys came down for a bit. So what's your fi- family um, dynamics right now? So, um,
2: after I got down here, Tim came down for a little bit mm-hmm. and then went home and, um, we moved our boys, our boys moved into my parents' house, which is about, 45 minutes away, 30, 40 minutes away from where we were living in Alaska. um, In Alaska. Yeah. And then Tim put all of our things in storage and moved out of our house because we were renting.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, We don't have have to pay rent if we're not going to be there anyway. So, um, and then Tim has been down here since I think about November, early November. He got down here and he's able to work remotely. He works for a, um, um, cable and internet company and he does
0: IT work for them so oh great as long as he has internet
2: access and a computer he can he can do his work
0: oh yeah. that's good okay just like half the yeah. world right now is yeah. working remotely right but in I your, know yeah, but in your case that's been a really big benefit I'm well I'm so glad that he's been able to be with you and and that your boys were able to come down for a little bit that's got to be so hard like you're you're with your sick child but yet you don't get to see your other children and i that's got to be just so difficult i mean i know you know that this is just what has to happen but that's got to be really tough so it is so how long does uh will sarah's treatment last for well
2: after the fourth round she uh relapsed Mm -hmm. and um, we had a few different options with that. We we could just do a protocol day um, with chemo and then bone marrow transplant. Um, they said the success rate with that is uh, twenty
0: to forty, mm-hmm. which is not great. It's, yeah, um, so not but, a fun number to think about. But let's. But this is where people can. Go and register to be a bone marrow donor right so okay. be the change.org is that correct sorry be the match sorry be the match. match.org yeah. okay and so people can go and register there and we'll put a link mm-hmm. on our website and in the show notes so that you know because okay. we need to have as many donors listed as possible so that we can try to find a match for sarah for Super yes.
2: Sarah. Yes. yes. Yep. yes. We have, they said out of the millions that are on that website, they did not find a match for her.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It kind of goes by ethnicity. So mm-hmm. I'm mostly white with the part Alaska native mm-hmm. and my husband is, is black and, um, and so it's kind of
0: more challenging, tricky
2: with, yep. yeah, with our, with her ethnicity, her ethnicity um ideally uh the boys would be a match but they have a different biological dad
0: right so
2: for um I of luck on that one
0: right so, I, ha- yeah. I have heard That's that fun. when you're for lack of a better word like you know mixed race that it's more challenging to uh-huh. find find a donor so but you know yeah. if people can get on there because you never know if you're a match and yeah know,
2: it's not yeah it's not impossible. They said it's not always the race. They said sometimes they'll find someone of a totally different ethnicity that will be a match.
0: I've heard that too. Yes, I have heard that too. So you just oh, never know, right? Yeah. So, so let's all you know support you and Sarah and and get on there and, and register because I know I'm yes. going to be doing that today because I actually had the wrong oh. website initially, so that's why I couldn't <laughs> find it. So, be the dot org. So, uh-huh. so now. Once Sarah's finished her treatment, like then what happens? Do they, do you have to stay down in Portland for a while or will you be able to go back home or who will monitor for yeah,
2: yeah, we have another round of chemo. Mm-hmm. Well, they'll do a bone marrow biopsy on Friday and we'll see for sure uh, what the plan is. But tentatively the plan is to do another round of chemo, which will be 35 to 42 days. Okay. And then from there, um, do the bone marrow um, transplant, which... I'm not exactly sure what that'll look like um, from what I understand. It's just basically the cells from your bone marrow
0: mm-hmm. and
2: they go in kind of like a blood transfusion. Right. Um, and then once that is done, they basically keep us here for a hundred days to monitor her. Wow. Um, some of that's in the hospital. Once she's stable enough, they'll mm-hmm. let us stay. If we want to make it all health, And we have to come up to the clinic. Um, at first it sounds like every day, you know, five days a week or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then from there, you know, less and less, up down to like one day a week. Right. Um, but yeah, but, but we'll be here for a hundred days. So we'll probably be here through all of this summer.
0: Yeah. yeah. Summer wow. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's like, I can't even imagine what this has been like for you. And you, I mean, you have to leave your home your two other kids. Yeah. Thankfully, your husband has been able to join you so Sarah can mm-hmm. get treatment elsewhere. Like, What would you say has been the hardest part of this journey?
2: Oh, man. I <laughs> Everything. think of one thing that's the hardest um, I think if I could think of one moment that's been the hardest, um, when she relapsed, um, she was in just so much okay and she just <laughs> could barely sit up but she'd look at me and I could just see in her eyes she's begging me to you know fix this and take this away mm-hmm. I think that's just the hardest to see her I mean most of this she's been really resilient she's just it's hardly phased her yeah the chemo's um you know normally Kids are really nauseated and mm-hmm. um, getting mouth sores and all these things, but she doesn't seem to have too many side effects. But just to see her in, in pain like that has just been
0: so uh, hard. Yeah. I can't even imagine, Mama. I can't even imagine. So, yeah. and I noticed in some of the pictures that you've had that you, that Sarah's wearing a mask, which pretty much everyone is wearing these days. <laughs> But, like, yeah. Ainsley won't wear one. I've tried. But how did you get her to wear one? Maybe maybe um, that could be help some of us other rocking moms to get our kids to wear a mask.
2: Yeah, someone asked that on the, um, the All-Star group the other day, on, in the Facebook group. Um, uh, she doesn't have to have it, and she's in, a, in her room. Right. So it's just when we leave the room, she has to put it on. Yeah. Um, one of the things he uses is um, coband. So, you know, when you get a blood draw and they put that wrap around your arm? Yeah. Yeah, that he used that, and he put it. Um, you know how people are kind of connecting them. The, the ah, okay, the Yeah, he. I'll, I'll send you a picture. Yeah, I'll send you a picture. I'll email first. Okay, send you the picture. They kind of just put it like a headband of, kind of the back of her head, and she seems to leave it alone. It also, kind of sticks there. It's kind of a sticky. Yeah, headband is kind of sticky. Um, she still <laughs> plays with it and licks the inside of the mask <laughs> and she's figured out how she can move it down with her tongue
0: oh my goodness
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so Aww. yeah it stays on she'll keep it on for a few minutes um we'll walk to the kitchen and then once we get to the kitchen she wants it off she can have a popsicle
0: yeah
2: but, um yeah and then of course it helps if she's got something in her hands we're throwing the ball or mm-hmm. if she's carrying her ipad or something that'll i keep her
0: distracted but yeah that seems to be working pretty well oh that's great i was i was glad to see that just that she was being compliant so that's really wonderful to see so yeah. like is she you know during her treatment because i've heard you don't feel that great but you said her some of the side effects i guess haven't been as prevalent with her so can she just eat normal <laughs> or do they have to have like a special diet or anything or is there anything they can just eat whatever nope
2: whatever they want
0: to eat is yeah oh good yeah good her and favorite so
2: is chicken nuggets so she <laughs> eats like 20 chicken nuggets every day
0: was <laughs> <laughs> oh, good protein oh that's good yeah so i know you you just you mentioned previously so with the ronald mcdonald house which is where you guys are staying like they're awesome mm-hmm. i know another coworker. her uh she's been staying at ronald mcdonald house her her son was diagnosed with trisomy 18 so they've had some health issues but Um, so you know but they are really lovely like the ronald mcdonald house so but you said like the kitchen and stuff is closed so how so are they just bringing you meals or how is it working for everybody there
2: yeah they they have gotten lots of uh local restaurants and even like domino's pizza once a week don't eat pizza
0: oh fantastic yeah they just leave an outside
2: door for us and tell us you know i think five
0: days a week they have meals here for us oh that's wonderful that's so awesome to hear because i know locally just during this whole pandemic a lot of restaurants have been donating to like the frontline workers so which is wonderful and yeah yeah, like you 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 don't realize how many people are or how people are being impacted just by Mm -hmm. all this other stuff that's going on you've got to deal with you know, a seriously ill child, but now you've got to deal with all this other world stuff that's going on and, and how it's, you know, it's, it's tough. Like, you know, there's lots of people complaining how hard it is, but I can tell you it's harder for you because you're having to deal with all this other medical stuff. So, you know, Mm -hmm. hats off to you, my friend, you're, you're strong, you're doing it. (laughs) You're doing awesome. So, I mean, you've been there since, what, October? So how many months is that? <laughs> Se- seven? Eight? Yeah, seven, Eight? I think. Yeah, I'm sure you have just probably don't even know what day it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right? So yeah. is there anything that you kind of wish you knew at the beginning of this rather difficult journey that you maybe know now that you wish you knew in the beginning?
2: Not really. I mean if I'd known everything I know now at the beginning, it probably would have been too much information, mm-hmm, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. just taking it one day at a time. Yeah. Um, like literally with some um, cheesy and cliche ish, but really just, you know, and, um, thing I've learned is to just allow myself to feel the feels, you know, if I feel sad today, that's okay. Feel sad today.
0: Yeah. And
2: tomorrow you might feel better. And so, yeah, it's, it's, you know, emotional roller coaster for sure, my poor husband, but, um, uh, yeah, I just, think just allowing yourself to feel
0: mm-hmm.
2: the, everything, and I guess that's kind of life in general too, but, yeah.
0: Yes. Just yeah.
2: If she and, and, and go by what Sarah says, you know, if she doesn't want to have PT today, you don't have PT today, that's yeah. fine. You yeah. We'll have plenty of chances to do PT without this is all said and done.
0: Right. So you guys are kind of carrying on with some therapies while well? she's in treatment or in in hospital. Um,
2: we weren't. We weren't at first, but since she relapsed, she got really really weak, and then so they referred PT mm-hmm. and some OT. Yeah. Um. Oh so yeah, we've been doing some. Um. Yeah. Sometimes it's only ten or fifteen minutes. That's okay. But. But yeah. Yeah. It's good to get her out of the bed and moving and and, I don't know. Kind of helps the day go by
0: faster too. Well, yeah, it's not the same old, right? So it just shakes it up a little bit. So, um, (laughs) you know, I, I just I can't. This is just such a a hard time for you. I can't even imagine. But, you know, I know there's still a little bit of a journey ahead for you and for Sarah. But is there anything you would like to say or share, like with another mom who has just gotten a diagnosis for their their rocking kiddo? Mm
2: Yeah. um, find your support system Mm -hmm. I mean um, Stacy was down here I don't know if you know Stacy she's been amazing she showed up the very first day when Sarah was in surgery Friday morning getting her port Stacy showed up with a gift bag of just shampoo and good toilet paper and (laughs) a can of wine and uh, just slippers for sarah and she's Aww. just been amazing and, and then um Saruthi, the um who's the mom was telling you her son had email also you know i don't even have to ask for anything she just shows up and brings things and they've let us use her car for a few weeks now since they're working from home and um yeah just find support system um when sarah was first diagnosed and we got so much support and love from so many people and prayers Um, My sisters were saying, they're like, it's amazing, but they're like, we're not really that amazed, Lisa, because you've been building your support system. You've been, you know, finding your tribe since day one. And I got involved locally at a organization station in Alaska and, you know, from DSDN. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you've been kind of preparing for this because, you know, God forbid this happens to your child. But when it does, you thankfully have all those other moms and friends and warriors that that just step right up and don't hesitate so you know even if your kid doesn't have a diagnosis um or you know isn't going through cancer find your tribe and and um yeah just start surrounding yourself with them because you're gonna you might need them one day and they might need you one day
0: yeah yeah you might need your tribe yeah Yeah, we all need our tribe Oh, yes. And,
2: even that, and then even um, just on the oncology, the floor, just uh, talk to other moms, you know, you don't have to share all of your medical details or burdens, but mm-hmm. just, you know, hold the door for them, bring them a cup of coffee, you know, just getting to know other moms that are going through the same thing, you know,
0: yeah. mm-hmm. is, is amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, my gosh. And... Is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners today? Like, can people follow your journey with Super Sarah? Yes. Yeah. We have a Sarah's Facebook
2: page. It's called um, Sarah's Story. Sarah's. We use hashtag Super Sarah.
0: (laughs) I know. I see this hashtag. So Sarah's Story, and that's Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, right? As Sarah's Story. Okay. So that's on Facebook? Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. And anywhere else? Like, are you guys on Instagram or anything?
2: Yeah, I started Instagram after the retreat because I went to a, a session there about um, social media. So I started a Instagram for her called, um, it's called Super Sarah okay. AK.
0: Super Sarah, sorry, what is it? Super Sarah? AK. AK. Okay. Oh, for that. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, awesome. Okay, and we'll certainly get all that in the notes and and uh, people can follow along with your journey with, with Super Sarah. and and how she's yeah. doing and you know I really want to thank you for being brave and sharing your story with us today and mm-hmm. and also I wanted to see you <laughs> so and I'm if I was closer you. I would be there so uh, it just um mm-hmm. we're all rooting for you and obviously Sarah mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know I don't know if the retreat's gonna happen this year but you know I guess you probably wouldn't be able to come I'm guessing.
2: I don't
0: know yeah yeah it's kind of tricky right especially yeah Yeah. I don't know I guess we just have to wait and see if it's even going to be on but uh, Mm -hmm. you know obviously we'd understand if you couldn't come if it still happens so but uh, I want you to know that we're all rooting for you and thinking about you guys and and we want the very best for Sarah and, and in her recovery thank you yeah. I appreciate
2: it. I definitely feel it. I feel all the love. I feel all the support. Sarah's doing the doctor said she's doing better. They could even they could even imagine her doing.
0: Oh and that's so awesome.
2: I just know so- yeah, I just know all the support, all the love, all the prayers. It's it's making a difference. It's it's yeah. Definitely making a difference.
0: Oh, I'm so happy thank to you. hear that. So well thank you for yeah. joining us on the T twenty one Mum podcast. And you know, maybe in a little while we can do a little follow-up episode to see how you guys are doing if that's yeah, okay yeah okay thanks sarah thanks sarah thanks lisa <laughs> <laughs> someone did that
2: to me the other day too i think fair <laughs> that's okay
1: <laughs> so mary how long does lisa expect to have to be in portland with sarah
0: Probably until September or October of this year. So. so
1: like a full year since they went down.
0: Yes. I don't think that was the initial plan or expectation that they would be there for that long, but just due to how Sarah's responding to the various treatments, they've had to extend their time down there.
1: Okay. Uh, well, best to them. And, uh, you know, I think you said that, you know, hopefully we can have them back and have a, have an update.
0: Yes. And I know we talked briefly on the episode, if people are interested in how they can become a bone marrow, you know, donor, like to get on the registry. So in the US, it's bethematch.org. And we can put these in the show notes and on the website. And in Canada, it's blood.ca. And you can go there and you can find out more about how you can possibly become A donor like you go on the registry first and and they send you out some things and stuff but yeah it's just it's complicated i don't think that was really the situation they wanted to be in but we just have to do everything we can to to help them and and if people are interested in following their story uh you can follow them i believe it's on instagram at super sarah ak so Super Sarah S A R A H, A K for Alaska. So, and then that's Ainsley in the background, and you can follow along with their their journey and hashtag Super Sarah. So,
1: okay. Well, I, we'll put that in the notes as well.
0: For sure. Yeah.
1: And next week we have something different.
0: Yes. So a few several episodes ago, I guess, uh, after the autism episode with um, Dr. Susan Fawcett, a lady contacted me and we had some conversations going back and forth. And she's, her name is Teresa Annerstall, And she is actually launching a book just on May 5th. So just uh, shortly before our podcast airs, and it's called a new course, and it's about navigating the journey of motherhood and the dual diagnosis of Down syndrome and autism. And I believe her son; I think he's twenty-two. I I could be wrong about that. He might be he might be a little bit younger, but I believe he's twenty-two. And we'll talk to her about her book and about this journey that she's been on, and and hear all about
1: that. Okay. We'll look forward to that. So yeah. let's uh, wrap this one up.
0: Thanks for listening to the T21 Mom podcast. And as always, I would love to hear from you. You can find us at t 21 com or leave us a message at info at t 21 com or find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Trisomy21Mama. And let us know what is going on in your life and how you are managing during these really challenging and trying times. And, you know, just to see where things are going from here on in. And don't be scared to reach out. There's Ainsley in the background.
1: She sounds like she's having a great time.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. It was been a busy day today, but uh, you know, I would love to hear your stories and to hear how you're managing during this time and let us know what's going on in your lives. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review so that we can be more searchable for others and keep on loving on your rocking kiddos. And we will see you next time.
1: See you, Mary. Take care.
0: Thanks, Ron. See you soon.